and developing the practice of inner listening, focusing the attention on the the inner sound, the sound of silence. This also facilitates a change of attitude towards our thinking. Just as we can hear the inner sound, the nada, has no particular meaning, there's no sentences, no information, but we can hear it, it's present, it carries on. The heart can rest in that quality of listening, receiving, not adding anything to what is heard, what is attended to. So this can support the way that we relate to thinking, the flow of our conceptual thoughts, memories, ideas, imaginings, just as the nada sound. It's just a vibration that carries on. Don't have to add anything to it. Don't have to like it or dislike it. Just here it is. It's thus, such. It's this way. It helps to support the attitude that there's no need to be paying attention to the content of thought, the personal qualities of it. Beautiful thought, ugly thought, a memory, a plan, these are just vibrations, patterns of consciousness. We don't have to imbue them, don't have to give them any meaning or value. It's just a thought, like just the sound like the feeling of gravity pulling our body to the earth. Does it have a meaning, a message? No, it's just a, a sensation, a force that is felt, a presence that is felt, that's all. The mind doesn't have to like it or dislike it or add anything to it. It's simply present. The pull of gravity is this way. The inner sound is this way. Patterns of thinking are this way. That's all. Nothing to push away, nothing to grasp hold, nothing to turn into a person. Another aspect of developing the quality of inner listening, sustaining the attention on that inner vibration, whether it's heard as a sound or perhaps we feel it in the body, say a tingling in the fingertips or our lips or perhaps in the visual field, if we're a very visual person, we can most easily discern this inner vibration as a kind of shimmering, an oscillation of the visual field. No matter where we most easily feel it, which, which sense door it's most easily discerned, 
the presence of this, this vibration, this inner sound, can be a continual reminder that even though we say the world out there, meaning outside our body or outside this building, the world as we know it, as we've always experienced it, is here in this mind. The world is really our mind's representation of the world. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, remembering, imagining, thinking. These are all mental events, patterns of consciousness. Eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose, tongue, body, mind consciousness, manovinyana. When we remember that the world happens in the mind, we're not trying to, say, interpret the world as a dream or something that is, has no, no value, no substance. But what we're saying is that everything that we can know and have ever known about the world has been experienced through the agency of this mind, this heart. Ever since we were babies or in the womb, what we know of the world is an ongoing flow, a process of mental impressions, a field of experience. So it's not the world, but this mind's representation of the world. That's what's experienced. That's all any of us and every one of us have ever known. This is a really important teaching to take to heart. That whereby one is a perceiver of the world and a conceiver of the world, that is what is called the world in this Dhamma and discipline. And what is it whereby one is a perceiver of the world and a conceiver of the world? The eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, the mind. So in the Buddha's teaching, the world equals this mind's representation of the world. The way this mind puts it together. That's the only world we can meaningfully talk about. Well, if this is really taken to heart, if this is developed, then there's a, a few effects that that has. One is that there's a recognition that we never go anywhere. The mind is always absolutely present, here. There isn't a there to get to. Even as the body moves around in space, it's always here. The subjective impression is of here-ness. When Lumpocha spoke of still flowing water, this is one of the aspects of it. 
the sense impressions, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, they flow continually, incessantly. But that which knows the flowing isn't going anywhere. It's a stillness beyond time and space. A stillness free of location in space. Totally peaceful, totally present. So the more that is recognized that the world happens here, this a flow, a process of impressions, arising, passing, that which knows the flow, that which is aware of it, that becomes more apparent, that becomes the, the basis of this life, the basis of who we are. Is this still, spacious, alert presence. This is the root of peacefulness. Peacefulness isn't when a, a thing that's moving stops moving for a bit, or when a noise that's been carrying on goes quiet. Peace is the transcendence, the, that aspect of our heart, our mind, which is free from the limitations of space, time, and identity. Totally present, awake, aware. Not bound by time, not limited by space. There's a restfulness, an ease in that. Nobody goes anywhere. There are just conditions of mind that are changing. Also when there's an appreciation that what we experience, this world that is known, the more that's appreciated that it's this mind's interpretation or representation of the world, then we don't assume that others are seeing the world in the same way. So it becomes more natural easy to relate to other people's perspectives, the priorities of other beings. Just because I think something is beautiful and good, why should that mean that you think it's good, you think it's beautiful? Just this morning, I, Lumpur Menindo called me on the phone and he said, how are you? And I said, I have a mouthful of toast. And uh, he said, oh, so, Vegemite or Marmite? And I said, do you need to ask? And he being a New Zealander said, well, Vegemite, of course. So I responded with silence. So if you're, if you're British, you grew up in this country, then Marmite has the correct taste. Vegemite is an imposter. If you come from down under, if you're from New Zealand or Australia, Vegemite is the right taste. That has the correct flavor. Marmite is the, the false, the unwanted. So this is a trivial example, but how often do we assume 
But our preferences, our view, is the same as everybody else. If we see something as horrific and awful, oh, what a terrible color, ghastly. Notice the mind that says it is horrible as an absolute judgment. The more we appreciate that the world happens in the mind, is known, is formed in this mind, then we appreciate as an automatic, immediate appreciation that other minds, other zones of experience will see it a different way. They'll feel it a different way. Of course, how could they not? We're all physically in different spots, different conditioning, different eyes, ears, different tongues and noses, different bodies, different languages, different conditioning. So when we really take this teaching to heart, it becomes much easier to accommodate each other. Different points of view, different opinions, different sensibilities. One thing that's easy for one person is unbearable for another. What's exciting and wonderful for one person is totally uninteresting to someone else. This is a valuable really important, precious point of view to develop. It's an insight to, de to develop, a way of seeing that really benefits us and supports community harmony and our ability to, to be at ease in a big variety of situations. When we develop the inner listening, it also supports the appreciation of the empty nature of the five khandhas, the body, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness, the sense world. With that continual silvery sound in the background, there is the, the wallpaper, the backdrop to experience, it evokes a quality of transparency, Yes, there's a sensation, yes, there's a color, yes, there's a, a taste or a sound, but the presence of the nada, the inner sound, helps the, the recognition, the intuition of the basic emptiness of the five khandhas. Yes, there's a feeling, but it's empty. Yes, there's a form, but it's empty, it's just a mental impression. There's no solid thing there, really, in actuality. As a counterpart to that, along with the recognition of the sunyata, the emptiness of the world of things, the inner sound also helps to 
support the intuition of the, the quality of suchness, tatata, which is the counterpart of emptiness. Things are thus, they're this way, it's like this. And as in the reading from Lumpur Sumato uh, yesterday, you can't say exactly what this is, you can, but you can say it's this way. It's exactly like this. This is the way it is. And that evokes the quality of suchness, isness. When we use a reflection on emptiness, it's a way of saying no to the solidity of the apparent solidity of the world of things. When we reflect on suchness, it's a way of saying yes to the reality of the Dhamma. The suchness and emptiness, sunyata and tadatha, they balance each other. There is this. So it's a, a way of letting go of the habit of identifying and grasping at the five khandhas and the sense world, seeing the transparent, empty nature of them, but in the same breath, awakening to the suchness of Dhamma itself, that apparent here and now, timeless quality, that unimaginable quality of Dhamma. Can't really describe it as a thing, but we can say the Dhamma is present, apparent here and now. The basis of all reality, even if the thinking mind, the sense-based mind, can't create a, an image other than peaceful, spacious, present. As this inner listening is developed, then the heart rests more in that open, receptive quality. There's not a listener, but there's the element of listening. The dhatu, the element of knowing. You can call it the vijja dhatu, the element of awareness. When we talk about taking refuge in Buddha as being awake, being aware, it's this element of knowing, this quality of awareness that's being embodied. When the thinking mind tries to describe it or create an image of it, it falls flat. It hasn't got the, the language or the patterns. They don't apply. You can say it's profound, immeasurable, unfathomable, like the great ocean. It's present, spacious, peaceful. 
There's a few adjectives that can be used, but the main thing is not to find words to describe it, but to embody that, to be. Being Dhamma, being this quality, embodying what you already are, without confusion, without distortion. This is our practice. And the results is peacefulness, spaciousness, a quality of ease and simplicity. This is the Dhamma itself, the appreciation, the realization of Dhamma itself. <laughs>